When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> Mike, thanks very much. So just to let everybody know, it's a little bit of a hum in the BG there just because we are on the patio at Spaducci. We're at my favorite little place. We've been here so many times. We've recorded here before. Rosie and everybody here are absolute rock stars they're amazing so we're sitting on the patio for a special reason on this really hot week couple of weeks in toronto crazy which i know that you asked me but i'll never complain about the heat i will complain about the cold every chance i get but i will never complain about the heat so i apologize to the listeners that you're going to hear this hum throughout the whole show it's not a big deal we're going to be focusing on the content and mike today on the show we're going to talk about what we're going to be talking about one of my favorite if not the favorite uh, passion that i have hobbies you call it cigars cigars i've always wanted to do a podcast about cigars because people might be thinking why is the construction life talking about cigars we're going to get into all of that there's a reason why we have cigars in our lives and why we have it in the construction life and that's what i want you to enlighten it i'll contribute i want to talk as much about what you know regarding cigars. I know we've already got some on the table. We're ready to go. Before that, I want to get out to some some shout outs. First of all, we got Mike here from Toronto Habanos. Correct. And so your, your handle on Instagram is Toronto Habanos. Mm-hmm. And if anybody is not of Latin or any kind of familiar or any hanging out with the Latinas or anything like that, it's spelled H-A-B-A-N-O-S. Correct. So you can reach Mike at torontohabanos at gmail.com. And... I want to just do a few shout outs here to some of the listeners with some great feedback that they've been given to me, which I totally appreciate it. Tim from BC, Pound for Pound Framers. His handle is at Pound for Pound Framers. He just started listening. He found us. He fell in love with the Barbosa and the DGR episodes. He thought they were awesome. He started asking me, Manny, more forming, more framing contractors, please. I'm trying. Tim, I'm trying, man. I've got some feelers out. Hopefully, I'll get three framers out for September. He loves all the shows and what we're doing. Recently, we got chatting about Brick because I told him that I've got Kevin from uh, Friendly Brick tomorrow and he's going to be on the show and i love talking bricking so he's like in vancouver man we don't do a lot of brick we do a lot of cladding and i'm going that's funny so he started talking about how it'd be hard to find a bricky in bc and i'm like you just got to dig them up and then get them back to work that's all you got to do so he was he was loving that tim from akron ohio we've spoken to tim a few times and he actually sent out an email to me he goes listen long time listener i love it i'm wondering if you could do a podcast on welding or iron worker focus on structural fabrication something like metal structure fabrication even small fabrication of coffee tables railings dinner tables and things of that nature tim i've got a feel out for a really good custom fabricator here in toronto they are interested in doing the show so we're going to schedule it we'll get it out to you and we'll do that so i'm looking forward to that at south coast studio he's rocking some great schluter projects and i just want to give him out a shout out check out his page because he's doing some massive bathroom setups with schluter rob again from galaxy plumbing inc he sent me a picture a picture of a million dollar home with a bs braided toilet line that was connected to it, which looked like garbage. And to make matters even worse, it was two braided lines connected to each other with a coupling. Insurance nightmare. Uh, it was just garbage, man. Garbage, right? So John from At Greek Builder, he recently asked me to do a show. This would be an interesting one. I told him that uh, this might be an uphill challenge. He wants me to do a show to talk about services like Homestars, Trusted Pros, Smart Rental, Homes, and Bomber Approved. 
And I'm like, everybody that knows me uh, knows that I don't like any of those programs, and it'd be kind of difficult to get somebody from those programs on the show. But, John, as I mentioned in the DM, I will try to do my best to get some, uh, somebody from all of those to be on the show so we can have a fair conversation regarding that matter. I also want to give a shout-out to at electrical underscore local underscore 69, and it's not a real union, by the way. You know who he is. He's been on the show before. He reached out. We started talking about heated floors and how electricians want tile setters to handle the ESA permit for those heated floors. And I disagreed with them. I said that if it's electrical, it belongs to the electricians and they should call. But the electricians don't want to call. They want the tile setter to call. And I don't know any tile setter that handles the permit of building or the permit of electrical. So I think that the electricians need to step up because guess what? ESA is the one that brought this in. We didn't bring it in. You guys did. So you guys handle it. That's my opinion. I'm sure we'll do another show with an electrician. We'll talk more about it. At and Cura. Uh, he's a master electrician, certified fire alarm electrician from Cambridge. He was in the area. I was in the area. Sorry. I was in the area when we were recording last weekend and we tried to connect, but I couldn't. We'll definitely connect one day. Thanks for the shout out. I appreciate it. And then my good buddy Jared from at Pacific Well General Contracting. The amount of stories that he shared. There's a hint that he might come on the show soon enough. So I'll have him on the show. That'll be really interesting. And now back to Tim. These are the two guys and three guys, framers, Alonzo at Clueless Framer and The Alchemist underscore Carpenter. They are both planning on coming on the show. We're going to talk a lot about framing. And also Ziggy, who's an old school, dry humor, Polish framer. Jesse Barbosa knows who he is. He's worked with them briefly. So he'll come out and we're going to do some interesting framing shows on that. Patrick from at Builders, B-L-D-E-R-S dot C-A. Uh, he recently complimented the motorcycle show. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about all kinds of bikes and what we were going to do. And, and then he started looking it up and he really appreciated it. So I thank him for that. So, guys, that's all the shout outs for today. Now, it's over to you, man. I, I'm, I'm, let's talk cigars, man. Okay. Let's talk cigars. You start from the beginning. You go how long you've been doing this and why, the passion, everything like that, man. Okay. First of all, a little bit of background around me. I've been in construction my whole life. Uh, when you asked me to be on the show, I said, cigars, what the hell am I going to be on a cigar life <laughs> podcast talking about? But then- it, You know what? It's the cigar life it, show now. That's it, what it is. But, but it hit me. So just a little bit of background around me. I'm a, I'm a superintendent for a development company here in Toronto, High Rise. And I've been in cigars, I'm going to say uh, heavily- uh, invested for the last 12 years. How I got into it is I took a trip to Cuba one day. Uh, I was just, it just stuck with me. I was blown away. And the link between cigars and construction is really, it's about the passion at the end of the day for both. To have a good cigar, you have to have good construction of the cigar. I think it's something that people don't understand. When they look at a cigar, it's just this brown stick. They don't realize what goes into it. That's what I want to educate the listeners about. Correct, correct. So the main thing for me is what goes into a cigar, how it's made, why it's made, and why I think it's a valuable tool. Why I use it in my everyday cigar construction life is it's a big stress reliever for me. It gives me an opportunity to clear my mind and prepare for the next day and reflect on the, the current day and the project and it's one of those it's one of my stress relievers i think you know especially with, with everything going on in the construction industry with covid and everything i think it's it's one of those uh, so it's my vice have right? you it's seen an increase in cigar smoking in the last two years have uh, you yeah a, mil a million percent I mean, really i think it's 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 gone from a, a passion thing to sort of a fad thing to sort of a uh, sort of a status thing now uh, you see people smoking cigars that you probably wouldn't have seen smoking uh, cigars 10 years ago. Me, myself. 
I mean, people see me for the first time. They're like, oh, you're the you're the fucking cigar guy, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm the cigar guy. I'll be honest with you, Mike. There's two things in my life that I can't figure out when I started doing them. I swear to you, Leonardo got into my head and, and created an inception and planted these two things. And one is espressos. Okay. And the second, cigars. I have no idea when they began. I'm grateful that they both began, but I just don't know the beginning of it. I just know that it's going on, and I'm sure that the end will come one day. But those are the two things that I find really interesting. So like you, I did go to Cuba, but I was smoking cigars before that. Okay. But Cuba actually opened my eyes a little bit. I'll let you keep on going with that. Yeah, yeah. So no, I remember my first cigar. My first cigar was actually on my prom, the evening of my prom. And uh, actually, one of my best friend's uncle gave us a couple of cigars. I don't know if they were real or not, but we smoked them at prom. One thing led to another. I slowly, slowly, slowly started getting into better cigars. And then I started taking serious, like I said, about 12 years ago when I went to uh, Cuba. The main thing for me with cigars is when somebody grabs a cigar and they look at it, what do you do first? You kind of want to touch the cigar. You kind of want to feel it. You kind of want to see if it's too humid, if it's too dry. Right. If it's too dry, I recommend not smoking it. If it's too humid, I recommend not smoking it. So when you're looking for those signs, what exactly are you looking for on the cigar? You want to give it a little bit of a squeeze. You don't want to hear any cracking and you don't want it. You don't want it to be a sponge. Okay. You kind of want in between. So just to let everybody know, we are both holding what kind of cigars? This is a Monte Cristo Edmundo, one of my favorites, more of a medium cigar. These are actually from 2014. So they've been aged now for seven years. Personally, I don't smoke anything with less than two years of age on it. I think it's a waste of a cigar. And one of the reasons is cigars make up of five components. Going back to the construction roots, it's the, the combination of three leaves that make up a blend. So you have the Seco, Velado, and Ligero leaf. You have the binder, which is sort of the inner outer layer. And then you have the wrapper, which is sort of the look of the cigar. The combination of those three leaves is what gives it its flavor. So you might have a little bit of secchio, a little bit of ligero, more leaf velado. That's, that's, so when you have and you give that blend time to combine, that's what gives the cigar its flavor. Every cigar is designed that way? Every cigar has its own sort of blend combination of those inner guts. So this is, I guess, also contributed to alcohol, spirits. It's similar. Like every single type of cigar has designed that triple blend of sorts. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. So you, you'll have some cigars that go well with some spirits, and you'll have some cigars that do not pair well at all with spirits. Right? It's just based on you might have more, you know, Ligero leaf, which is sort of the flavor, sort of the fire of the cigar. That's when you're going to get your heavy, bold cigars. You're going to have a lot of that leaf. A lot of the secular leaves are going to be your lighter leaves, more of a, a morning cigar, that type of leaf. That cigar won't go good with, you know, a, a heavy scotch or heavy whiskey. Well, one will overpower the other. So you can clearly, from the first time that you did it to you're doing it these days clearly tell a bad from a good and vice versa million percent and so i'm feeling this one right now and it's not cracking it feels firm it feels good so this is how old again this is uh 2014 okay so there's some age on this one there's some age on these correct so yeah i brought them for the show and then like i said uh, i gave you one later on that's a brand new i think 2019 smoke that and uh, to see the difference see the difference yeah okay cool Starting off your cigar, so you'll notice at the top of the cigar, there's going to be a bunch of funky layers, kind of looking like a roll of toilet paper. The last layer is called the cap. You do not want to cut beyond that line. You cut beyond that line, that's kind of the, the start of the unravel. So if you cut beyond that line, there's nothing holding the cigar together. So if you cut, you, you kind of basically want to take a 16th off the top of the cigar, just kind of shave it right off. If you cut more than that, you've kind of compromised the cigar. 
So that's why sometimes I'll be smoking and you'll get a little bit of unraveling going on while you're in, a, in your mouth, right? right? And it starts to get a little yeah. too moist. Because you've cut, you've cut too far. Too much, yeah. too far. Yeah. That's cutting your cigar. You'll see a lot of cigars are different shapes. So these are, uh, this has a cap. You'll see cigars that are torpedoes. They'll kind of be pointy. Some are double figueros. They'll be pointy on both sides. I always like to use a guillotine, which is just basically a straight cut. Straight just, cut. Just take the straight cap off. Uh, a lot of people, you'll see those V-cuts. I don't like V-cuts because it kind of concentrates the, the, the flavor in the cigar. You'll have some tar buildup in that location. I'm not a huge fan. So I think the old, the, the bigger and the wider the opening, the better some, experience. Some guys have actually said the alternative. They just said that it actually gives you more flavor by doing a V-cut. It'll Is give it you more flavor, but it'll, it kind of concentrates where the, the, the flavor of, this, of the cigar is going to be passing through into your mouth, right? Thank you very much. So we're having some food dropped off here. We really appreciate it from Spaducci. What was the Beautiful. kind of pizza that we were talking about? Oh, perfect. Ooh. Perfect. And, and you got the margarita. I got, I got margarita. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we got interrupted. So I actually wanted to ask you, the torpedo ones, What? where's the history on the torpedo? Why did they do those and where does it all come from? It's uh, it's just feel in your mouth. So you'll have a, a taper towards the end. It's just the more comfortable cigar in your mouth. That's why they have a torpedo. Is that the same thing that you're only cutting off a tiny bit of it at the end of the torpedo for the side that you're going to put in your mouth? Correct. Okay, yeah, yes. I got it. So you'll see on the torpedo, there's sort of a last line of defense for the cap. You don't want to cut beyond that. And then, uh, so after you, you cut your cigar, you kind of want to draw on it. Kind of want to see where you're at. How is it? Is it tight? Is it firm? Yep. Yeah, it's good. You don't want it too loose. You don't want the air to come in where you know you're not really trying. What kind of what kind of flavors are you getting? What kind of notes are you getting? You taste a little bit of raisin. Raisin? I was thinking wine for a split second there. Wine, wine, grape, raisin. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's something else. There's a, a, like a woody sense or something. Like a nut, like a sort of a nut, like an almondy. Is that is that what it is? Get that. So how do they get all these flavors in the in the leaves? How do they do that? So the one thing that I like the most about cigars is, is especially Cubans, is the climate where the leaves are grown. Pinot del Rio, where 95% of the Cuban tobacco comes from, it's a climate that's, you can't recreate that climate anywhere in the world. People have tried Honduras, Nicaragua, they're very close. Soils are completely different, but the climates are very close. You got that humidity, that dewy, dense air. That's And the soil is, is completely contributed to the flavor. It's, it's the whole thing. It's the, the ocean. It's the, the air off the ocean. It's the, it's the soil there. It's the earth there. It's just the heat. It's a different kind of heat than it is here in Canada. That all contributes. It's the same thing from where my family's from, the Azores. So it's the same thing from the islands there, that it contributes to the wine there. Everything is all part of it. It all, it all connects to it, and it adds a flavor exactly. to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cigars, wine, anything like that, they're all, they're all, they all have their sort of similar combinations. It was funny. It's like one of the first trips I took back home for the very first time I came across a gentleman he had to have been I think when I was talking to him 84 years old and he was still rolling tobacco he had his own farm there and he was still rolling tobacco and I was just like in awe of that he was still working at that age that's what people do with that old school mentality right they just keep working was it in San Miguel no no this is, uh, my family's from Pico oh Pico okay. yeah, yeah yeah so that's funny man I actually had a cigar from San Miguel it's oh, did you? yeah there's a there's a, uh, a tobacco uh, farm and it's called Estrella it's uh, Portugal's oldest cigar. Is it really? Yeah. I got to check that out. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever had one from Pico. See, the whole Inception thing, man. I'm trying to remember exactly. But I, I know that I remember I was there one time. I, I met a buddy from here, and he had some cigars, and we were smoking. And all of a sudden, we were just enjoying ourselves that evening. It was a nice evening. And all of a sudden, some of the women around us didn't appreciate the, the order, the smell, I guess. Yeah. The smell of it, yeah. right? But it's just, I mean, how do you handle that? How do we... 
even the ladies here, when they're talking to us and we're like, what are you guys going to talk about? We're going to talk about cigar. Oh, oh, oh. Right? How do you handle that? How should you handle that? You know that? what? It, 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 you have to respect it. You have to respect people around you, which is, it's, it's tough in Canada to be a cigar smoker. A, you can't smoke indoors. It's illegal everywhere. Uh, you can't do anything you in Canada. Can't, yeah, you can't. You can't <laughs> smoke. You know, not even on patios. You can't smoke within nine feet of the door. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, but that's why I love going to Cuba. Cuba, you can smoke everywhere. If you're smoking a cigar, people will, will walk away from you, not the other way around. Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah, you gotta. You know, I try. I, I piss people off enough, so I try not to do it even worse with cigars. So it's, uh, you gotta respect people's boundaries uh, with the smoke. What about the very flavorful? I remember back in my film days, I had a friend. He kept on smoking uh, backwoods. Okay. Right, the smaller cigars, but it was just, it had that really pleasant vanilla scent to it that it almost made it like you know what I wouldn't mind smoking now just because of that scent. Yeah. I mean, do you get into is that fair like to do a cigar that are those flavored ones, man? You know what? If you if you ask the purists out there, those they are, will they'll shake their head. Yeah, those yeah. are not cigars. Those yeah, I got are, it. Those are it's a tobacco product with a lot of additives. <laughs> you know, a lot of food coloring or yeah, something, yeah. some mixing, some crap. Right? It's and like asking a wine sommelier if they want like you know those pre-mixed. Uh, <laughs> they'll never want it. They'll, the box, the box wine or yeah, something, yeah. and just drink that. No, it's not the same thing, it's man. Not. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Okay, Mike, so where are we going from here? Okay, so then, you know, we're going to get ready to light our cigar. The number one rookie mistake is, I'm going to hand these to you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I didn't prepare well for this. Being no, no, you window. know what? And I was leaving and I was thinking, should I bring mine in? And I was like in a hurry and I, I got here. So no big thing, man. So my preferred method, 95% of the time, is I like, I like to use a torch. Okay. Now, it's a butane-filled torch, not propane. I, I remember seeing you a long time ago. <laughs> you lit a cigar with a, with a propane torch that a plumber would use to solder. So, and I'm like, mm. I've so, used the roofing torch. I've used the plumber's torch. Yeah. I've used all kinds of torches. I just do it for the... I know it's wrong. Listen, just for the record, I know it's wrong. But I just do it for the the, the idea of it. Yeah, That's yeah, all yeah. it is. So just to give the listeners... Uh, propane has a has a scent, has a taste to it. So which why you don't want to use propane. You want to use butane, scentless, solarless. So it will really transfer that scent over into... 100%. Really, yeah? Yeah. yeah. You'll mm. get that bitter sort of raw egg taste. Wow. Right. So you want to use butane. Now... The number one thing that I see people, when they go to light their cigars, they start. you have to start off well to end well. So you never want to set fire to your cigars, okay? You always want to use the heat. You want to keep it on a 45, and you want to use the heat to help burn the cigar. If your cigar flames up, you might as well just throw it in the garbage. You've added too much heat? You've added too much heat. You're burning that cigar. You're creating bitterness now. You see a lot of people when they smoke cigars, they spit or they get like a bitter taste in their mouth. That's what's happening. You're creating too much heat in the cigar. You're getting that bitter taste transferring so to the cigar. You don't want, so if you do that, you're actually inhaling that bitterness of smoke, yeah. the incorrect smoke, instead of the actual smoke that's supposed to be produced from the leaves that have been packaged, Correct. right? Yeah. Okay. So and, and a lot of buddies will come up to me like, Mike, how do you smoke this cigar? Like, you know, I'll get halfway through and I can't do it anymore because you're burning the cigar too hot. One rule of thumb, especially when you're smoking uh, really expensive cigars, you don't want to take more than one puff a minute. If you take more than one puff a minute, you're drawing more heat to the cigar. You're burning the cigars faster, and they're creating more bitterness. Today we're going to be, so if I'm not using a butane torch, my favorite way to light a cigar is with matches, usually with a cedar splint. That's just, it's, it's the most natural way to light a cigar. So if I'm smoking something really expensive, really rare, I'll go that route. Today we have matches. Windy. It's a little windy here, yeah, man. So you might have to use the butane. We'll, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. All right. You know what? We're probably going to have to pause the show here. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's a little windy. We're outside because we're being a little respectful. We don't want to be inside, and Rosie's been nice enough. So you keep it on a 45. 
There's no wind right now. There's no wind right now, man. Oh, the wind just picked up. So, when you light your cigar, you want to check your cigar if you have a nice, even burn. You never want the flame to, to try to touch the outer portion of the cigar, the wrapper, because that'll catch faster than the inside. So you always want your cigar kind of burning from the inside out. So you want to see that glow that the ash is burning from the inside to the perimeter of it. Correct. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Mine's not quite, quite lit, right? Yeah, redo it. So you kind of want... It's getting there. It's getting there. Hey, Rosie. Okay, sorry everybody, we had to take a little bit of a break because Rosie made her an appearance here and we were thanking her for the pizza and we're at Spaducci enjoying some time here while we get to know a little more about cigars via Mike here from Toronto Habanos and you can reach him on Instagram at Toronto Habanos, also on his email torontohabanos at gmail.com. Mike, this is actually pretty nice, man. I mean, it's a nice summer evening. It's Toronto. We're enjoying our cigars here. Where were we at? We were just lighting our cigars. That's where yeah, we're at. Yeah. Right off the bat, when you're lighting your cigar, you don't want to you don't want to put too much into the cigar. You kind of want to let it do its thing. You kind of want to let the heat take over. You don't want to draw too hard because you're, you're at the start. So you're you're working your way into the cigar. So all that air that you're passing through the cigar is a long way to go. So when I'm starting off with cigar, slow, low draws. So we're probably I don't know say we're we're working our first quarter of the cigar. After the first quarter is when you're really going to start developing the flavors, the characteristics of the cigar. Right now, what, what are you getting? What kind of flavors are you getting? I'm not getting anything because mine during the food stopped, so i got to relight everything. Okay. And that's the question for you. So you just start all over again. Yeah, so what you want to do is you want to try to get as much of the black ash as you can out of the cigar. Mind you, you're, yours is pretty much at the beginning, so you're okay there. You never want to kind of relight your cigar when you have ash, gray ash in a cigar. You don't. You don't. Yeah, you always want to try to get down to the bare bones. You don't want a tile on top of tile. <laughs> I love how um, everything is connected to construction. I don't care how you slice it. Everything is connected. I love that you started this show breaking down a cigar and how it's wrapped in connection to construction. I love that. Okay, so right now I'm letting the cigar do what it's going to do for me to get past that first quarter yeah and then that's where the flavors are going to start yeah so you want to get some air into the cigar you know you want to give it a couple of draws you want to check your draw yeah see so now now it's actually nice yeah so now, now it's you good. set yourself you, you want an even burn so if you ever see your cigar sort of going a 45 canoe but you know back in the old days you want to kind of touch up so you want to kind of just lightly burn where it's not burning it'll even itself out a good you're gonna need an ashtray i'm gonna need Maybe use the side, use the paper of the pizza there. Yeah. But yeah. okay, so now I get it. So sometimes when you're getting that angle burn, yeah. which is called a canoe. You, yeah, basically when your cigar is canoeing sort of on a 45, one area of the cigar is burning faster than the other, you want to correct that as soon as possible because what's okay. that going to do is it's going to create uneven flavors. So how are we correcting that? You're just going to want to grab your, your torch or whatever you're using, your flame, kind of place the cigar on a 45 with the part that's not burning at the bottom and just apply a little bit of heat. It'll and correct then itself. it'll just balance itself yeah. out. It'll correct nice. itself. Yeah. But the earlier you catch it, the better on. Okay, now I'm starting to actually, the flavor is stronger now. Okay. You get it, because now it's finally going through the whole cigar. And I mean, this cigar, just for anybody who's not familiar with it, it's like, what, it's, a, it's less, it's a five-inch cigar, right? It's a, probably a five and a half. Five and a half? 50 ring gauge. And when you're saying 50 ring gauge, what do you mean by that? So, so conference? Yeah, so the ring gauge, that's how you, you, you judge the diameter of a cigar. So when it's 50, it's, I think it's like 50, 70 seconds of an inch or something like that. Is that what it yeah, is? So, hey, is it the same as like a wedding ring kind of thing? Uh, same increments? 
No, I don't think so. It's there's a there's a, there's a formula. It's like 57 seconds of an inch, 72 seconds of an inch, or something like that, or 50, 60 seconds of an inch. Like, it's relative to to the ratio of, a, of an inch of a cigar. So okay, so now I'm getting a little bit of the canoe in there. Yeah. All right, and that's just from just the burn itself, and from me inhaling it, it right? It could be burn. It could be wind. Okay. Directional wind around you. Got it. It could be the uh, the condition of the cigar. Okay. Right. At home, I, I try to rotate my cigars as much as possible. I sort of have a walk-in humidor, so I have like a five by five room. I kind of built it like a shower. A lot of the humidity will kind of generate in one spot, so I like to rotate the cigars. That's big. Cigar care. If you're going to invest in cigar and invest in the time in the cigar, you have to take proper care of your cigars, or really you might as well just throw your money out the window. You got a room the size of a shower. I have a. It's a five by five by eight foot room. What's it lined with? What do you guys? What's? It's all waterproof. Yeah. Because you didn't want that moisture coming in. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have sort of a, I, I kind of treat it like a, as a cold cellar. So I have three exterior walls, and then I have a partition wall that cuts off the rest of the basement to those walls, and I, I kind of insulated that, and I treated the rest of the, the space. So I vapor barriered, sealant, and then I actually tiled it. So fully. not not a wood or any of that? Not though. a wood, no. Why not wood? It would just absorb too much? Getting the right kind of wood was the problem at the time. I want, what would be the right kind of wood? Have, it's only, only, only Spanish cedar. Which you can a, only use Spanish cedar. I would only recommend using Spanish cedar, which is part of the mahogany family. People don't realize that. You know how hard it is to get that wood. Yeah, exactly. Like ridiculously difficult exactly. to get that wood. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually went to Exotic Woods in Burlington. Burlington, yeah. I bought some slats of Spanish cedar to build the shelves. How so much was that? I built six, eight shelves. It cost me a thousand bucks. I believe it. Just for, uh, just for it's the a shelves. beautiful wood. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's a beautiful wood. So yeah. I, I get, I get, I still get the aroma of the Spanish cedar because of the shelves, but I treated the rest of the space sort of like a shower, so it, it keeps its humidity really well. And what's the temperature you want to keep it at? The optimal. So Cubans, because they're hand rolled, they're rolled tighter. You don't want them so humid because they look spanned. So I like to keep the Cubans at 65, 65 percent humidity, 65 temp. Okay. Right there in that area. If you're going to be aging your cigars, so if you're not going to be smoking them anytime soon, you're going to you know, keep them for a while, you can do 70-70, 70% humidity, 70, 70, 70 uh, degrees Fahrenheit. Does it get complicated, Mike, when you start getting Cubans and you start mixing it with other places? Are they all that much different, or is it... Uh, you know what? It depends on how serious you are. Yeah, that that's a debate for the ages. I mean, guys will, you know, even when I started smoking cigars, I had a, a buddy of mine that used to bring in Nicaraguan and Hondurans. That's how I got into cigars. Yeah. I never smoked a Cuban. And I used to see people smoking Cubans and I'm like, you're an idiot. The fuck are you doing wasting your money on Cubans? They're just as good. It's more than just where it comes from. It's it's the passion that the Cubans put into the cigar. I don't think you can you can fake that, you know? They say that from a seedling to a final product, 300 hands touch the tobacco one cigar one cigar how long does it normally take to make one cigar uh so from seedling to crop to drying to rolling takes about a year are you serious takes one year yeah so this will plant the seedling so get the plant growing season i think is from december to february so if you go mid-february you'll see all the plants at their highest peak they'll, they'll pluck they'll dry and then the following year, they'll start to roll. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. In Cuba, in Pinar del Rio, you have five, arguably five major farms. The government, Habanos SA uh, Corporation, they'll go in and they'll buy your tobacco from you. So you have no say. Hand us your tobacco. Now, you're allowed to keep 10% of your tobacco for your own use or for whatever you want to do. With you it. can sell it for yourself? You can sell it for yourself. Okay. Tours, people that come in, you can have a roller. And that's your tobacco. So every farm is different. 10%. 10% of your tobacco. All right. Thank you very much, government. <laughs> 
So, and, and I'll be honest, if you ever get the opportunity to go to a farm in Cuba, that's the best tobacco you're going to get. Because if you're a farmer growing your own stuff, what are you going to do? You yeah, keep the, temp- the exactly. best 10%, right? So that's some of the best tobacco that you can find is the farm rolls. So the government will take your tobacco. They'll bring it to their own sort of warehouse. They'll sort it, you know, your different leaves. They'll pile it. They'll ferment it. They'll take care of the process from there. Then they basically... Do they give the farmers credit? Well, they pay the farmers, yeah. No, but I actually, where that tobacco came from, does no. it? No. No. At no. that point, it belongs to the government. Belongs to the government. Habanos SA will have their own sort of people judging the quality of the tobacco. So the better tobacco will go to companies like uh, Cohiba, Trinidad, your sort of upscale brands. Uh, then, you know, your middle range stuff, uh, you know, your Romeo and Juliet, your uh, Monte Cristo, your Partagas, that kind of stuff. You'll get your, you know, B+. Plus. Then your C plus will go to your lower end boutique cigars. That happens all within the Habanos Corporation. Wow, yeah. all the stuff that we have no idea. No idea. Yeah. So poor farmers. Thanks for your tobacco. See you later. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel bad, but I mean, the country is. But that's unfortunately that's how it is. But yeah. So in your opinion, so that's where the best tobacco is coming from. Yeah. From Cuba. But then yeah. you got a lot of friends who are saying otherwise. Yeah. But I why mean, are they saying otherwise? Are they saying it because? It's the trend to say that. Is that where you get that kind of lifestyle where, no, 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 this is the what you're supposed yeah, to smoke. Yeah, I mean, people people are going to say that the best is whatever they can get their hands on, right? Yeah. Oh, this is the best, this is the best. Well, because that's what they have access to. You have a better chance of having access to friendlier budgeted cigars from Nicaragua or Honduras than you do to a $40, $50 cigar from Cuba. It's just, it's just the facts. Especially with, uh, you know, the Americans not having access to, full access to Cuban cigars. And a lot of the pipeline comes to the U.S., they're going to get more Nicaraguan, Honduran cigars. I'm not saying it's a bad cigar. I'm saying apples to apples. For me, you just can't. Un- uncomparable. What's the deal with, I'm trying to remember the last time I brought in cigars from to Canada. I, I, there wasn't that much of a headache to bring it into here, yeah. purchase it from there and bring it in. No. So you're allowed 50 cigars okay. per person. You can declare more. You're just going to have to pay a duty. Which yeah. Which I is going to be 100%. Yes. 100%. So if a uh, cigar is $200 in Cuba, you're going to be paying $200 in duty, so yep. it's $400. I have guys that go down and, uh, you know, they've they've not smuggled, but they've brought over 200 cigars. And, some, you know, if you're honest about it, customs might let you go. I've always said just tell the truth on certain things and yeah. lie about other things, and it all kind of gets washed out. With, with my experience with them is that they don't want you to lie. You tell them, say, you know, I'm a cigar guy. I smoke cigars. They're my cigars. I'm not going to be reselling them. Nine times out of ten, have they're a nice fine. Day. They're, they're fine. They'll let you go, right? You know, if you, you know, oh, I brought them back for a buddy and this and that. No, that doesn't work. You know, so just be honest with them, and uh, they'll let you go. But when uh, was the last time you were in Cuba? I went actually. I went just before COVID. Right before uh, I went uh, for New Year's. So uh, now you're jonesing. Yeah, I everybody went. is. And you know what? So when I was there, Cuba is a, a hub, international hub for, you know, Europe, Asian countries. I'm sitting in the airport. I'm going, what the hell? Why are all these people wearing masks? You know, <laughs> you get these, you know, you get the, there were some Asian people going. There was a flight going to Germany. And there, you know, there was a, there a couple of Asian people and, a, you know, a couple of Europeans. And they're all wearing masks. I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with these people wearing masks? Two weeks later, it came Then you back. find out what happened. COVID. And we've been going through it for the last nearly two years now. Yeah. I was the same thing. Coming back from Vegas from the International Builder Show, exact same thing. I was coming back, and it just got started. It just got started, and uh, and then here we are at this point, right? Yeah. yeah so it's no. interesting. Yeah, so that was my last trip to Cuba, which was it was probably the best trip to Cuba because it was just I did nothing. I did nothing but lie down on the beach. It was sort of a reset. I was going through uh, an employment changeover. I had about a month off, and I just said, fuck it. I'm going. Nice. And I planned the trip and I left three days later. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those are the best trips, man. Came honestly. back in COVID, yeah. yeah. But that's it. All right, let's get back onto the cigars now. Yeah. We're slowly going along on the cigar, right? What are other things that you're looking for? So you're looking for the even draw. You're looking for the, the construction. Um, one of the things you're looking at is the, is the color of the ash will tell you a lot. You want that sort of creamy, gray, white ash. If it's dark, you're burning your cigar too hot. If you're getting that black ash, you're burning the cigar too hot. You might see a little bit of that on your cigar on towards the bottom. It's because it's not burning evenly. It's not burning evenly. So what That's it's why. doing, yeah, it's fighting for that flare, you know? So basically what you're saying is that this has been done, this has been built a certain way for it to unravel a certain way. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is, right? Exactly. So if things are not going, there, there's a lot of balance in this. Yeah. Extreme balance on the way this actually burns. And the thing is, you want to see that creamy ash on it. Yeah. So I don't know if you can see my cigar, but it's, it's sort of a burning like a torpedo, right? Yeah. So the Liguero leaf, the leaf that causes the combustion, when they roll a cigar, they try to get that leaf right dead center of the cigar. So before you light your cigar, if you look at the foot, which is the bottom of the cigar, a good cigar, you'll have that sort of dark leaf right in the middle, right? It's too late now. We lit our cigars. No, no we lit it already. Yeah. But the thing is, so... But you might be able to see it from the top. Yeah, that was what I was just looking at. So there's one leaf in the dead center. That's the idea that's, of it. That's the idea. It'll usually be the darkest leaf. That dead center leaf, that's what will cause the combustion. That's what causes the burning in the cigar. And does it also contribute to the balance of the burning of the cigar? Balance of the burning of the cigar. So that's why they want it in the dead center. And it's also the most flavorful cigar. Got outside it. the binder. Okay, wow, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Just the, the combination uh, of, of the way the cigar built, and it's going back to the, the relativity of the uh, construction aspect, is in today's day and age, you have all these sort of different views, different vision, different backgrounds in the construction world. And I just, I think that's another relatable factor in cigars and construction, right? It's, you know, you might have a, a, a tile guy has a different background than the framing guy or the drywall guy. And when you bring it all together, you get a final product. Are there different guys? Like, I'm just wondering, are there trades that smoke more than other trades? I'm just trying to think of, like, some of the harsher, like, concrete guys. Yeah. Masons. Oh, yeah. They would be cigar guys. I don't see Finnish carpenters maybe not being. Yeah, I, I think it all has to... Uh, attribute to the sort of the environment that they're in like you'll get a lot of guys that are sort of in the early stages of construction smoking indoors right then you kind of get the finished guys they're not allowed to smoke indoors so you don't see them smoking a lot right yeah you see them taking breaks they go outside but that's why i'm thinking the concrete guys are always outside always right outside they're always smoking right? they can drop the ashes into the concrete drop the ashes <laughs> sometimes you're not allowed to take a break unless you smoke so, it's yeah, true right i remember my early days when i was in the trades and uh, i'd be well, helping a guy and be like you smoke no oh you can't take a break Go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I've always known cigars, and the reason that I want to do a show about cigars and construction is because when I built my first house, I had a cigar. See? You know what I mean? And I always looked at it like when I made my first short film back in film days, I had a cigar. Yeah. I'm not addicted to it. I could. This is probably the second one I've had this year. I'll probably have another one because it gets closer to my birthday in the, in the winter months. But the thing is, like, I've always seen it as a celebratory kind of event. Like exactly. I want to cherish it and use it for a reason. And then all of a sudden you start dating certain people and then they want to try it. But I have yet to meet a woman who actually, I guess, unless your wife is that way too, appreciates the cigar culture. She wasn't opposed to it, but she doesn't mind it. She understands why I smoke cigars. She actually didn't smoke a cigar until I brought her to Cuba. And then we were in Cuba sitting on the beach. She's like, you better buy me some cigars <laughs> so I can smoke your good ones. And she was smoking cigars. 
It's just how it is. Like even my dad, like my dad was a smoker, and he passed away young, you know, because of the smoking and things like that. And I'm and and obviously, okay, listen, there's all the the health and all the others. Listen, booze is the same way. Driving fast cars is the same way. It's all about living a life and enjoying life and things like that. As long as you're not hurting anybody, yeah. then I'm on board with it, right? Absolutely. Sometimes when I smell it, whether I smell cigar or I smell cigarette smoke, it reminds me of my dad. So that's why I still connect the two together. So I don't dismiss it right off the bat. The unfortunate thing is that I'll dismiss weed any chance I get. Because in my eyes, the weed smell doesn't do anything for me. And it never did anything for me when I tried it. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. It is for a lot of people. And I know that weed is a big thing in construction. We won't talk about that. I want to talk about different, cigars. Different episode, yeah. Yeah, it's a different episode. It's really like when I think about cigars, I think about the celebration of some goal. Yep. Something in your life that you achieved that you probably thought, I never thought I would be able to do that. And then I did it. And then you think to yourself, okay, well, what can I do to kind of remind myself or, or have a memory of it? 100%. And a cigar does that for me. One of the big reasons I love cigars so much is because there's so many good memories based around cigars that I've had, continue to have. I would say two years ago, I would have a lot more cigars than I do now. I probably have one, two a week. Yeah. But they're usually on, you know, a Thursday or Friday night, rewarding myself after a hard week, or with company, comes over on a Saturday or Sunday. I smoke a lot of good cigars with my dad. My dad was a smoker growing up. He quit smoking cigarettes, probably say after about 20 years smoking. Yeah. We have the odd cigar. It's To me, it's all about, there's a social aspect, but it's also about where and when. As far as the health, I'm glad you brought that up. That's one of the points I want to talk about. I have a really good friend of mine, one of the actual, one of my friends that got me into cigars. He's a, he's a chiropractor, so he's in the medical field. He went to go see uh, his cardiologist actually one day. And, you know, you know, first question they ask you is, do you smoke? And he's like, well, cigars. And he's like, is that it's bad? It's funny. I always say that too. Right? <laughs> and uh, so he goes to the cardiologist, is that bad? Cardiologist goes, well, why is it bad? Do you, do you have 30 a day? He's like, no, I have you know, one. He goes, well, I smoke cigars. And my buddy goes, you smoke cigars? Your card. He goes, I smoke cigars. I, I drink alcohol. He goes, but everything in moderation. Yep. He goes, for me, the cigars, the glass of wine releases my stress. He goes, stress will kill you faster than the one cigar here and there will, right? So I really, it resonated with me. And it's just like with everything. It's like fast food. You're going to eat fast food every day. You're probably going to have some problems. Yep. You're going to smoke 30 cigars a day. You're probably going to have some problems. Yeah, but I mean, let's be honest about it. Cigarettes, for a fact, we know have the entire periodic table of science elements inside those cigarettes yeah. right and they designed those things to actually get you addicted to it you tell me i mean if, correct me if i'm wrong there aren't that many chemicals in a cigar if there are any chemicals in a cigar i think there's a thousand chemicals in a cigarette i think there's three three in, in a, cigar. a cigar and i think out of those three i think all three are natural so there's you're getting zero unnatural chemicals from a cigar i don't think it's possible to be addicted to cigars is that true or not true or can you be addicted there's nicotine in a cigar okay there's different nicotine i can't remember the percentage that they say cigarettes compared to cigars but you know it, it goes down to genetics I and mean, it's a whole, whole totally different conversation but if you go down to cuba so i have a really good friend of mine he's uh, he's an he goes to cuba probably about four or six times a year he's married to a cuban he has relatives and she has relatives that have been in their mid early hundreds that smoke four cigars a day. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. And it's, I, I also, I would contribute their lifespan to their lifestyle. Correct. Right? Yeah. And it, it's like, I think it's been proven that if you do live in these certain parts of the world, like these islands, like this extremely low stress environment where you work a hard day's work, you either farm like land, 
and and you have a family life and you have that all that connection stuff versus comparing it to us here in North America yeah. that is just go 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 work five work six days a week and never have that opportunity to sit down and just relax mm -hmm. and enjoy the small events exactly you know what I mean yeah. and I think that's what makes these people live a lot longer yeah. than us environment diet Diet is huge. Massive. I was talking to a Jamaican guy on my site, and he uh, he just went to, uh, back home to Jamaica for three weeks. And he says, you go to Jamaica, and you're like, what's cancer? You know, <laughs> it's they true. They, they have it there. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not. not like you hear it. Every other day, somebody's getting cancer, right? Yep. Jamaica, it's very rare. And it's just comes down to diet, I think. Moderation. Cigar is moderation. But I think that the, the stress relief that you're getting from enjoying a cigar is more beneficial than, than the actual harm that it can do for you. That's my opinion. So I really want to, Mike, I want to talk about pairing the cigars with certain spirits. Okay. Are there any things like pairing it with wine or no? I think if you if you ask a lot of cigar guys, wine's probably the least favorite thing to compare with. Uh, okay. Because uh, the wine has its own flavors. Yeah. And now you're competing. Exactly. And that's what you don't want to do. Exactly. You want to contribute. The spirit must contribute to the cigar. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Okay. So now, if you're smoking a certain type of cigar, what what is the kind of the booze that we're looking at here? So it de depends on the cigar, the boldness of the cigar. You're gonna want, you know, obviously a b more bolder spirit, something like a scotch or whiskey. I'm not a scotch or whiskey guy. It doesn't do it for me. I don't like the peatiness. I don't like the earthiness. I like rum. For me, the best pairing uh, with a cigar is coffee. 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 That's my favorite pairing. Coffee and cigar is like I think it's like spaghetti and meatballs. You're gonna draw really strong flavors from both. Yeah, but you get that sort of that 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 sweetness from the coffee, you okay. know, that underlying sweetness you get from that coffee with the cigar. That's like that chocolate, those cocoa flavors. Yeah. When you when you match those, it's like it's unbeatable for me. Are you talking about coffee in general? Are you talking about espressos or uh, coffee in general? Co yeah, okay, coffee yeah. in general. Uh, so obviously, espresso is, is huge for me. I just can't picture you at Tim Hortons there having a double double in a cigar. Well, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens right? if that's all you get. But no, no, something like a like a like a bold, even a, a Cuban coffee. You know the way it's like brewed. a fresh ground, yeah, even yeah. like a French press kind of exactly. thing. That kind of idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. It's huh? and a lot of people. I, I I've actually introduced them to coffee and cigars, and they don't even drink anymore. Uh, I went really? To a, yeah, I, had, I went to a, a cottage party with a bunch of uh, older gentlemen, and they're all there with their scotches and their whiskeys, and they're destroying the cigars. I'm like, you guys are destroying the cigars. Next day, they're all there with their French presses, coffee, 8 o'clock at night. I've never Parker. had that. i got to try that yeah, now. Yeah, really, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Something going on outside. Bikes some. are out. Cigars, coffee, bikes, man. Then you'll find me. Okay, so I'm letting you go. I'm letting mine go because I want to focus on asking you questions yeah, and things like that. Now we're getting halfway through the cigar. We're experiencing a lot more of the flavor of the cigar. Yeah. That's where we're headed yeah. to, right? Midway through the cigar, you're, you're really going to get that flavor explosion. You're either going to get great flavors or you're going to get dud flavors. And and just for everyone listening, you're nurturing this thing the whole time. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to ignore it. You don't want to leave it alone. It's not like, here, hold my butt kind of thing. No. that The point of this thing is to enjoy it. Exactly. So, you know, I'll have I'll be golfing and I'll have cigars that you don't, want, you don't really take care of. You know, you're just you're beating it, you're chewing on it, you're smoking it. If it goes out, you relight it, whatever. Those aren't really cigar enjoyable moments. But if you're going to be smoking a fine cigar, you really need to pay attention to it. You want to see how it's burning. You want to see if it's burning too hot. You know, you don't want it to go out. If a cigar goes out, it's going to go out. It's how you relight it is obviously a key factor. And it's funny you bring up the golfing thing because I went on a golf event before COVID with one of the brands. I got on a hole and all of a sudden I smell something, right? And I turn around and the guy's waiting for us to finish he's on his cart just smoking right and i'm like i had to come up to the guy 
I'm like, what are you smoking there, man? And then he showed it to me, and I still to this day don't remember what it is, but he told me that it was a $3,000 fucking cigar. Holy shit. And I was like, dude, what, what, like, what makes it a 3000 He goes, I don't know. I just, he didn't get into the specifics the way that you did, yeah. but the, the smell, the aroma of it was really, really impressive, man. I was like taken back from it. Yeah, so you can get into some limited edition cigars. So limited edition is they only have so much yield of a certain cigar. So basically, when you're looking at a tobacco plant, you sort of have break it up into sections. You have the lower part, the middle part, and the higher part. And it all has to do with how much sunlight the plant gets. So the higher, obviously, part of the plant, those are the more delicate. Those are the more uh, valuable leaves because they get the most sunlight. So once those are picked, and there's only so many of them, that's, that's your money cigar right there. And that becomes the most flavorful that part the most of flavorable. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of the really expensive cigars will have that rare leaf, that medial temple, sort of the tip of the tobacco plant in their cigars. A lot of the limited edition Cohibas, big money cigars. So the way they make it limited edition is they only make so many. They only make them certain years. So they keep it exclusive. They keep it exclusive. And then when you're talking price point wise, the, the cost of this cigar that we're having right now yeah. is not crazy. Canadian retail, probably about 50 50 bucks? 55, yeah. And then somewhere. those more exclusive ones are more like what? 100, 150. Oh, wow, yeah. eh? Yeah. So, like, for example, the last big money cigar was uh, Cohiba 2017. It was called the Talisman. Came in a box of 10. A Canadian retail at the time of release was 1000 bucks. $100 a cigar. Now, on the secondary market, you're probably going 150 180 bucks, 1800 bucks a, cigar, a box. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 2011 is, is the most prized sort of collectible item cigar. It's... Uh, it was the 50-year anniversary of Cohiba. They made a cigar called the 1967, and it, it's it's right now it's going for literally probably about three, four hundred dollars a stick, for one for one cigar. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Eh? if you could find them. And then when's the next time they're going to do a run? Well, I guess they're going to have to wait a period of time. Uh, actually, they're releasing a limited cigar in uh, one. Actually, next year, it's a it's a Cohiba. It'll come in a humidor. I think 20 cigars probably be about 50,000 <laughs> euro. Yeah. So that's 50 special occasions that you got to think of, man. Better, better be good ones. All right. So now, Mike, as we're getting to the end of the cigar, I, I know that the band is always an indication of where you're supposed to stop, right? Yeah. A lot of guys, they, they sometimes move the band, they including the band. myself, right? But you have to actually stop at a certain point. I mean, you don't have to. You can go right to your fingertips if you if you enjoy it. I, I like to leave a last inch. So basically, at the end of the cigar, you're going to get a lot of tar buildup. You're going to get a lot of that uh, bitterness. I mean, but it also depends on the age. If you, Sometimes you'll get a cigar that's amazing, and you just keep going. And you just keep going with yeah. it. Yeah, but I like to keep the band on. People are like, oh, I take the band on. It's so snobby, blah, blah, blah. But the band actually helps keep the cigar together. Yeah. Right? It does. I mean, I like to keep the band on. I like to get, when the burn gets closer to the band, I like to keep my bands. I collect them. I think they're, they're a flag. Each and, each and every one is different design. I mean, I just put them in a jar. I like to look at the some of the more rare cigars that I smoke during special occasions. I'll actually keep the bands. I'll label them. Again, with the memories. Right, the memory, you know. Uh, yeah. My dad's 60th birthday. Yeah. We had an amazing cigar. Yeah. I have it in a jar with a nice bottle of wine that... It's just one of those special things to me. So, so it's like it's a cultural thing too, right? It's like uh, stomping a flag on the floor. You don't want to do that. I see the guys that rip off their bands, they'll throw them in the ashtray. It's like, you know, appreciate. It's, it's almost a slight disrespect eh, to yeah. the, the actual person who made or the the many people, fifty different hands, right? You were saying that go three hundred, three hundred different three, hands from seedling to final product. Three hundred different 300 hands. Three hundred different hands. Jesus, imagine that. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. I, you know what? I'm going to probably start collecting all the bands now that you mention it. I'll send you a picture. I, I put all in, a, in sort of a shadow box. And nice. And hung up on the wall. It's a piece of art. It's artwork. Nice. Literally, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Okay, so, I mean, that takes us to the whole cigar itself, gets us to the very end there. Is there etiquette on 
let's talk about etiquette. I mean, uh, we don't have an ashtray here because yeah. we've totally forgotten everything and we're just making ourselves at home. But what are the, 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 the extras, the things that you should have? If you want to start putting all this together, I know you got the cigar stand. I know you got the butane. You got the kit. You got everything. But what else should we have? You know what? Just sort of a depends on where you're smoking. An ashtray would have been a good idea for today. <laughs> Perfect. That's the one thing we forgot. Sorry, Rosie, if you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, you... It depends where you're smoking and who you're smoking with. You want to you want to make sure you're well set up. Obviously, today was sort of a last minute thing. You never so if you're smoking a cigar in Cuba, you some and you go ash it, you'll get somebody that kind of be like, "What are you doing?" So the ash of a cigar actually complements the roller. So the bigger the longer the ash, better job that they the did. The better job that right? they did. So in Cuba, in Spanish, I can't remember what the, the what the term is. Is it's let your let your ash fall. So if it falls, it falls. So you'll never, you'll be in a bar in Cuba and it'll ash over the table, they'll never give you crap. It is what it is. So never flick your cigar. You never want to flick your cigar. By flicking your cigar, you're causing ambers to disperse. And then when you take your next draw, it's just going to be all over the place. If you you are going to ash your cigar, you know, you don't want to create a mess. You're you're smoking in a a nice uh, area. You basically just want to press your cigar under 45 and just let it fall off the cigar. It will. And it will naturally fall off. You never never want to tap. You never want to bang your cigar. You're just going to create damage. These are delicate. These are these are handmade. They're works and of especially art. as they get to the end, they even become that much fr- fragile. Exactly. Yeah. So you got mo- the more heat, the more humidity going through the cigar makes it more fragile. Try not to chew on it. I see some guys, you know, they chew on it. Just, just gnawing on it. It's not tobacco, man. Yeah, you're yeah, not spitting yeah, it out. You know, and then and then they wonder why the cigars explode on them, right? Because you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not taking care of it, right? You it's know? like you're just sucking on it as yeah. if it's a pacifier. Exactly. Right? Right? You don't and that's it. not what you're supposed to be doing no, with it. No, no, no. It so is really what? It's really just about the lips holding it, right? That's all it is. You're not supposed to be holding it with the teeth and then having a bunch of saliva. You're not in the dentist chair. You're not waiting to spit, right? That's not what it's about. I, so I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> it's just it's not it's not what it's about, right? You're not like, making out with the cigar. No, yeah, that, that's just basically like more saliva doesn't mean better cigar. No, absolutely not. No, no you no. still want that cigar to hold its shape all the way to the very end. Yeah, there. yeah. And then you yeah. can appreciate it. Exactly, yeah. The less damage you cause the cigar while smoking the better experience you're gonna have any bad cigars you want to mention uh, no we're not why well, i mean i just i don't know how do you you know you what know? I, I don't i don't think there is uh, such a thing as a bad cigar okay I there really isn't don't. i think there's a time and a place for every cigar like i said when i go golfing i just bring whatever i have you know what i mean i don't bring expensive cigars i bring everyday cigars but you'll notice the difference like you'll notice the way it was made and you'll notice the way the flavor is and that's what's separating it from a $50 cigar to Absolutely, like yeah. a $10 cigar yeah. right yeah that's exactly. what you're noticing handmade cigars are always going to be more expensive obviously goes without saying you'll get machine made cigars they're just production cigars right who's making machine cigars a lot of the, the sort of the boutique brands the Nicaraguans they're all machine made you know not a lot of handcrafted cigars just because of the volume that the Nicaraguan and Honduran guys are producing. They're number one consumer of the U.S., Yeah, right? They're massive. If the U.S. consumer had their heads on Cuba, Cuban cigar would be toast. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's already in high demand. Countries like Asia, uh, sorry, countries like China, China, England, and Spain, I think, are the biggest uh, consumers of Cuban tobacco. And the U.S. don't even come close. But the U.S. overall, tobacco-wise, destroys everybody, right? Well, I mean, China, a billion, yeah. versus the U.S., under 400 million yeah and that's where and not everybody it, yeah everybody's more cigarettes yeah then yeah. in china i could definitely see a lot more cigars yeah. going on there yeah so the nicaraguan and the honduran markets because of the u.s consumption a lot of them are just kind of production non-handmade machine made just go 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 right i've heard uh someone tell me once before uh, brazilian cigars brazilian cigars are coming up yeah and actually what i believe in the next five ten years mexico Mexico. 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 The 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 farmers in Mexico, the, the, the tobacco farmers, 
are getting a lot of education from the Cuban farmers. Their soils are very similar. Their climates are pretty much the same, yeah. right? You have that Gulf. Within the next 10 years, I think the, the uh, Mexican tobacco is going to fly. Which are some of the Mexican brands that you, you know of? Well, right now, the only one I know of is Tiamo. It's, okay. a, it's a lower grade, budget cigar. But, I mean, there, there are, I know, I can't remember which brands specifically, but there are brands, sort of Dominican status brands that do use Mexican tobacco. They use actually tobacco from all over the world. They'll use Nicaraguan, they'll use uh, Honduran, they'll take Dominican tobacco and they'll just make their own blends. Are there any, um, I guess there's no, like it's all Caribbean, man. There's no farms, there's no tobacco, there's no production in Europe, nothing in Asia. Nothing in Asia, no, no. no. W- would there be any in Vietnam or Thailand? Not that I know of. I just no. I'm thinking about the actual climate. It makes sense, but I don't know if that's what they uh, cater to. There there are tobacco farms, but but premium cigar tobacco. No, no. no You're no. still thinking about these countries, Mexico, Cuba. Yeah. You're thinking about these South American countries, yeah, right? Yeah. I know there are some tobacco farms in you know Australia and New Zealand, but pre- oh really? Yeah, yeah. Premium, no, nothing, nothing, nothing that I know of. And then, you know you're not getting the, you're not getting the yield, right? Because you get that quick climate change over, right? So. That's the main thing. It's like comparing wines from France and Italy to Niagara. It's, not it's two different it's things, right? What is, what are, I, I'm trying to figure out what some of your pet peeves are when you start getting, I guess, these well-to-do established guys that want to smoke cigars but don't really know how to smoke cigars. Yeah. What are some of the pet peeves that you might have when you see some of these jokers do it? Well, they'll grab the cigar, they'll light it, and then just abandon it. They'll burn know? it. They'll yeah. just leave they it just, alone. They'll, they'll, they'll leave it. They, you know, they grab these really expensive cigars. They'll put them in their mouth. They'll light them. And then you know, they'll walk away, and they got three-quarters of the cigar that's still remaining. It's like, why <laughs> even bother, buddy? You You're not I mean? enjoying it. Yeah, no, no respect for the cigar. I don't know. For me, I'm sort of an old school mentality. If you're gonna do it, do it. If you're not gonna do it, don't do it at all. So yeah, I see that. And then they'll, they'll just they want they want one thing. They want Cohiba. But meanwhile, I t- I'll take an aged Monte Cristo or an Upman over a Cohiba oh, okay, any day of the week. Yeah, but they want that. They want the flash. They want the band. They want the look at me. It all depends. You it's really, a status at that point. Yeah, I mean, you really you have to educate yourself. You have to know what you're putting in your mouth at the end of the day, right? You know, and there's so many Cuban fakes. I mean, I was just gonna bring that up because the last time I was there, you start walking around, and and then I, I I'm of the mindset that if anybody comes up to me and tries to sell me something, then you're selling me something that's bullshit. Hundred percent. If I have to source you out and find you, and it takes a little bit of discovery to find you, then yeah. you're selling a real legit product. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I quickly learned, right? And you just pay attention, like even when you're traveling, you just pay attention to the peripherals of your eyes. That's all you do, right? And you'll notice who's trying to sell you crap yeah. versus when you're trying to find the right thing. If you're getting a deal on a cigar, it's, it's, it's not. It's not because, yeah. especially when you're in Cuba, it's like coming to Toronto. It's coming to Toronto, Ontario, and trying to buy alcohol. You have to go to the LCBO. Cuba, if you want to buy a cigar, you have to go to it's a store called La Casa del Habano, which is government-owned, operated. Like there's no, you're not going. To, you're not getting a five-dollar cigar for three dollars. Doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no backdoor deals at all. It's whatever the price is the price. So if you're going, if you're not going to La Casa del Habano. Nine times out of ten, you're buying shit. You're buying, <laughs> and and, be, and the, the gentleman that I was telling you about, a good friend of mine, a chiropractor, he has a Cuban brother-in-law. So his wife's sister married a Cuban, and he brought some cigars back in. He was actually hospitalized from smoking those cigars. Yeah, he had E. coli. The crappy ones. The crappy cigars. Because they don't know what the hell they're you doing don't know with what these the things, man. And uh, so after that happened, the cigars that he got from his brother-in-law from Cuba, we cut them all open. We were finding hair, string. What? Yeah, like just you don't even want to know so you're you're directly inhaling all this oh, crap crap 
Yeah. So he got E. coli from smoking fake cigars. Holy cow. Yeah. So nine times out of ten when I see somebody, especially on so- social media, smoking a fake cigar, I, I, I have to tell them. Not because I want to be a snob. Because I've seen what happens. You smoke garbage cigars, fake cigars. You're putting that crap in your body. It's, it's not good. So if you are traveling to Cuba, La Casa de Albano is the first place that I would check. Uh, some hotels, some reputable hotels will have good cigar shops. If you grab a cigar and, and you have it in the back of your mind, eh, something's wrong, probably something wrong. Right? And so just leave it alone. Just leave it Walk alone. Walk away. Yeah, it's not worth it. You're not going to get a good deal. A good deal on a cigar is not going to be a good uh, experience. Well, the thing is, it's not supposed to be a good deal to begin with, man. Yeah. You, the price is the price. That's what it is. It's a bad renovation, right? That's, you get, <laughs> it goes right back to construction. That's the same thing. So if you want to save some money and try to do something, then, you know, prepare it. Buyer, buyer beware. Buyer beware. That's, that's what's going to happen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, those are the things I see with these big money guys. And they grab their, the first thing is, that comes around is Cohiba. It's the best. I want the best. I want the best. It's not always the best. There's always something better out there. If you educate yourself. If you educate. And there's a whole world to this, man. And that was the reason for this show is I, I just wanted to figure out exactly what I don't know so much about, right? Going back to, uh, to smoking a cigar, you kind of, when you're smoking a cigar, general rule is one puff every 60 seconds. Uh, if you're taking more than that, you're going to burn cigar faster. And you're also going to leave a really bad taste on your tongue, which you won't get rid of. You know, you can drink whatever you want to drink. Yep. You know, that's, that'll destroy your whole cigar experience. So general rule is one puff every 60 seconds. If you're taking more than that, it's uh, you're burning the cigar too hot. doesn't matter the size of the cigar, what type of cigar, you still go with that rule? Exactly. Yeah, okay. always. That's always. you enjoying the flavor of the cigar you have to, yeah. at a certain pace. And that's yeah. why you have to nurture the cigar during the whole process. Yeah, yeah. So you'll see some, some cigar guys that are they're really hauling on their cigar. They're really getting a lot of smoke. And then they're spitting. Well, that's because... Of, they're burning the cigar too hot. You're getting that bitterness, right? Right on your tongue. Right on your tongue, and they're spitting. They're trying to get rid of that that phlegmy bitterness, the saliva buildup that's caused from the too hot up a cigar. If you want to grab the cigar in your hand, you, you want to put it, sort of hold it, cup it. You'd be able to hold it, right? Like if my skin is so right now, Mike, you're holding it like you're wrapping it around the cigar, right? Yeah, uh, I'm holding it like sort of like the bottom of a baseball bat. Yeah, and literally my skin is I don't know half a centimeter away from the burn line, and there's no heat. And there's no heat. So that means that cigar is burning optimal, which way is it should be doing yeah. it. That's interesting. Oh, I just caused it to go out. <laughs> no, that's okay. fine, man. So, so we're at Spaducci. Of course, we're at Spaducci because Rose lets us. Rosie lets us do these things, which is great. And I'm talking to Mike from Toronto Habanos, and so Toronto Habanos at gmail.com and at on Instagram at, at Toronto Habanos. So you just started this. You just started this whole cult. You saw that and you just started and you wanted it. Were you a cigarette smoker before? Um, I was never really a serious cigarette smoker. I mean, dabbled it when I was younger. You know, everybody thinks they're cool and they want to smoke cigarettes. But I was never a cigarette smoker. I got into cigars sort of just kind of being on the golf course, kind of being outdoors, fishing, golfing, smoking, you know, the backwoods, like using the flavored stuff. And then one thing led to another. And then uh, just just happened. So you put the flavors to the side, the yeah. artificial flavors to the I side. Can't, you can't go back. Once <laughs> once you go to the real thing, yeah, it's it's. But it's funny how that you still get that smell of cigar, and I can smell it whenever someone's around, and I'll be like, it just smells so nice, man. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain scent to it, man. I got I got to the point where I could, if somebody's smoking a cigar on me, I can tell whether it's Cuban or not. Really? Yeah. And you, nobody believed me until some of my buddies would be out golfing and, and go go ask that guy where, and I'd be, it's Dominican. My buddy would go ask him, it's Dominican. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a sickness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because right now you're doing two a week? In the summertime, I'll probably do two, three a week. Okay. Yeah. In the wintertime, two a month. 
to if a month. That, yeah. Because you want to be outside and you want to enjoy if that. Yeah. I have a rule, you know, uh, obviously everything in moderation, but if I don't, and if I'm not going to enjoy the cigar, I won't do it. You know, I don't, I don't need to. Obviously, the more I was smoking two, three years ago, the more I was craving them. But I'm at the point where I just do it for enjoyment, do it for stress relief. I do it for milestones, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, everybody has a story. My, my friend has a cousin that works at a cigar shop in Cuba. No, it's bullshit. So it's, it's such a, a high-prized sort of economic trophy that Cubans have. They're not going to let them out of their sight. No. Right? So everything's guarded. The rule of thumb in Cuba, as a roller, you're allowed, I think it's three or five cigars a day. So if you roll 50, you can take five cigars. They're going to be five of the worst quality cigars that you've rolled because they do test them periodically. So some of those I have seen go on, you know, market or friends of friends have them. And they go, they're good cigars. But the actual real deal, the real McCoy, they're not going to let out of their sight. You're not going to get them on the beach in Veradero, you know, no. you're not going to get them from somebody's brothers, uncles, cousins. Somebody who's trying factory. to sell you a timeshare yeah. is going to be like, listen, we'll throw you in a box yeah. of cojitos. No, they're nah, going nah, nah. to be banana leaves. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it's going to be. And they're going to they're make you sick, and it's going to ruin your cigar experience. That's scary that you told me that uh, there was hair and all kinds hair, of stuff. and string. And you don't even think it. Yeah, like yarn in the cigar. Like, if you didn't cut it open, you would have never noticed it. You would have just been smoking just that. Been smoking the string. Yeah, yeah. That's my buddy's brother-in-law. And got sick, and now the lessons learned. Lessons learned. So yeah, no, I mean that's that's why I've always like once in a while I'll have it. I mean you you get certain goals, I achieve them, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna sit down have a cigar. Now that you brought up the coffee thing, I'm gonna try the coffee try one, the coffee right? Thing. So you're saying the other one that you gave me here, how old is that one? That one's a young one. Monte Cristo is yeah. a 2019. Okay, so that's fairly new. Fairly new. And you want me to try that when? Try, try, have it this week. Okay, while just this, to compare it to this. While this sort of flavor is kind of fresh on your palate. Okay. Yeah, smoke that. I think you'll find a world difference. Hoyo is a San Juan. It's sort of a, it's a non-regular production release. It's sort of more of a, a special release. They only make so many boxes. I actually think someone gave me one of those. Yeah, so that's more of a lighter cigar. You can have that in the morning, midday. I smoke most of my cigars on the weekends in the morning. I was just gonna say I've never had one in the morning. Yeah. Why with, in the morning? With a coffee, just sort of a. It's just it's like that coffee yeah, connection. It's, eh? that, it's the way to start your day. Just I kind of feel invigorated. I find I also find that you know smoking at night kind of it lingers longer. The smell it stays on my skin. Trying to fall asleep. That it's, kind of stuff. Yeah, right? that, that yeah. kind of thing. And then versus the day, the morning you can start your day that way. Have your coffee. Go take a shower. Start your day. Go to work. Do all that thing. Yeah, and now you're yeah. you're in a different mindset. So what else do I want to know, Mike? All it's all about the for me the biggest thing is all about the association with the cigar. Like you said, the, the milestones, the celebratory. Some of my buddies that we go golfing, they only come golfing and have a cigar on the course. Right? That's it. That's and the only reason they can care less about the game. It's their therapy. It's the therapy it's aspect, right? That's another word. That's exactly it. It's very therapeutic, therapeutic. as much as some people may think it's a health risk and all kinds, yeah. but it's very therapeutic, man. Alejandro Robina. He was, he's the godfather of Cuban tobacco. I think he lived to 103 years old, something like that. And he smoked 20 cigars a day. 20 a 20 day? 20 a day, average. Think about that. Oh. Takes you an hour to smoke a cigar? So he's smoking it all day he's long. Smoking it all Not day stop. long. Yeah. Wow. Average, 20 a day. Well, I mean, there's lots of people. George Burns, lots of George people. Burns. I mean, Michael Schwarzenegger, Jordan. Every, Michael Jordan, everybody. And they're all smoking cigars, yeah, Michael right? Jordan, Michael Jordan's on that guy 10, 12 a day, he says. And and he's smoking that yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was smoking that many, yeah. though. Yeah. Is so Monica Lewinsky still smoking cigars? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Exclusive. she ever smoked them. Exclusive one. I don't think she ever smoked them. <laughs> yeah. 
So what, what I got for you is here, you're going to have the okay. first one. Okay. So that's the, the Construction Life band on okay. it that you probably saw. On, on, and basically, I don't want you to tell who what, what it is, but okay. that's a cigar. Okay. Beautiful. Right? But you know, you can have this one, which is the, the Construction Life one. Awesome. And then you tell me what you think about that. Okay. Because I actually bought a box of 20, and I was going to make those the, the, the Construction Life cigars. But now that I've spoken to you and gotten a lot more knowledge on it, I want to look at probably another one or something like that. Because I actually want to start handing out Construction Life cigars. Good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just I always, my whole mindset was about the espresso cups, shot glasses, cigars. I, it was different. It was beyond hard hats and stickers, right? Yeah. I just, it, it goes back to that whole, the life thing, the lifestyle. It's just like you want to, contribute and give it to certain tradespeople and all of a sudden when they're accomplishing certain things in their life i think it's time i might smoke a, a construction life cigar one of the big things about the cigar lifestyle it's the connections that i made it's yeah. the cigars that i've enjoyed with people successful people not successful people i had a cigar once in a cigar lounge here in toronto and i didn't believe the stories this guy had you know i, I had to call a friend of mine this guy was a lawyer for some of the wealthiest people in toronto and I'm smoking a cigar next to him. He lost everything. He lost everything. Whether it be through marriage or whatever. He's, he was at the lowest point of his life. But he says, cigars are all I have. He's like, I, I, I couldn't I could understand that. But, you know, having that conversation with him, looking back, I'm like. He didn't really lose everything. He didn't really lose everything. You yeah. Know? You so, never really lose everything. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 we're, he's still around some of his best buddies smoking cigars. Doesn't have what he did have at one point, the fancy house, the cars, the money, whatever. But, you know, something to associate. But that shit times. you can always get back. That shit back. you can always make it back. Yeah. You know, it's like that meme that's going around right now where it's like you, you can never, don't ever give up your character. Because you'll never be able to get that back. Exactly. But if you lose money, you can make more money. You know what Can't I mean? Can't get the time back. That, that's exactly it, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's why the memories and everything, like it's all associated to it. That's why it works really well, man. Absolutely. All right, Mike, I really got to thank you for this, man. I got one last segment here. Shoot. I think you know the deal here. Mm -hmm. 12 questions of construction. You are in construction, but we wanted to keep it quiet on what you do, okay. which is totally cool. We don't have to reveal everything on Mike. First question, what is your favorite construction word? Parapet. It's actually a nice word, huh? It is a nice word. Parapet. I like saying it. I, I like homes that have them. Uh, it's a specific kind of home. What is your least favorite construction word? My least favorite construction word. Um, good enough. Like, yeah, that's yeah, good enough. I know. I know. We all get it. We all make new friends by it. Yeah. What turns you on in construction? Seeing product, like seeing the final outcome of something being built, you know? What turns you off in construction? People that are in it for the wrong reasons. Money. Money. Strictly money. Strictly money. Blinders, yeah, money. That's money. it. That's all I do it for is the money. The amount of relationships that you can make in this industry that you never know who you're going to cross paths with that might be your best friend later on for whatever reason. Just pay attention to that instead of just focusing the dollar. Absolutely. Right? Money will come. What is your favorite curse word or phrase? Karayu. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this show so international, man. I've had so many colorful language from different cultures. I love it, man. But that one's come up all the time. All the time. All the time. Even the non-Portuguese people say it. It's crazy. <laughs> what is your favorite car, truck, or biker vehicle? Ferrari. Which one? Anyone in particular? Uh, the new Pista. Mm. Yeah. It's something about it. It's crazy. In red? 
You know what? I, I would say red, but they have that like that navy blue, that midnight blue. Ferrari's doing something with these colors, man, and like they're bringing back that um, the darker, like the the blue, the narrow, the black, like at Daytona. Like they're yeah. just bringing back these certain colors, man. Yeah. And I do like that uh, the Countach is coming back for anybody who's my age. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I try to show it to some of the young guys, and they're like, I don't get it. I'm like, you don't get it because you never had that poster in your room. All right. Yeah. That's why you don't get it. Uh, least favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? Least favorite. I'd probably say Honda Civic. <laughs> Just because of all the... I had know, one way back when, you man. Know, it, it's, it's, it's sort of the era that it brings, you know? It's sort of like there's certain people that drive yeah, it. That drive it and it's just like... <sighs> what construction sound or noise do you love? I love. I honestly love the sound of chipping guns. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Really? And people are like, oh. It's, you don't find it harsh? I don't find it hard. I just, I, I, obviously from a distance, I don't want to be three feet from it. But like, you know, you hear in the background, it's like something about it. It's like the smell of cigars. Like it smells, it yeah. smells construction. Yeah. That's what it smells. Yeah. Yeah. I say chipping guns. What construction sound or noise do you hate? It happened to me the other day. When the electricians pull BX through metal studs. Oh, that. Uh, you know when they're pulling the BX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That metal ripping sound. I was trying to have a conversation with somebody the other day, and the electrician was there yanking the BX through the metal stud. I'm like, how do you listen to that all day? It's almost like fighting a snake coming out of copper pipe or something. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable, man. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Probably have to be something in sports. Really? Like a coach or something. Nice. Any particular sport? Hockey. Hockey? Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Probably something to do in the, with the, within the uh, like the funeral death industry. I, yeah, I have a good friend of mine that was uh, he was he was being a, a pallbearer for a while and I was like, can do it. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a harsh one, man. That's like a, a harsh professional one. funeral director. Was one of those guys. And the final question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates, Mike? Well done. Well done. Well done. That's all he or she needs to say. That's, That's it, it, man. Yeah. All right, Mike, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. And a huge shout out to Rosie and everybody at Spaducci here for ho- you know hosting us here and having this podcast. And like we just chatted about it and we just said, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get this out much. there, man. I really appreciate you coming out. Again, I appreciate guys, the invitation. Oh, all the time, man. Uh, at Toronto Habanos and also his email, torontohabanos at gmail.com. Mike, thank you very much. Pleasure. Dude. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man, so much. Awesome. Anybody, uh, reach out to him, ask him any questions like that. You will eventually see Construction Life Cigars, and I'm sure Mike will give me a little bit of a insight into what to do how to do it and take care of all that because i definitely want tradespeople to understand that there is a time and a place and there should be a time and a place to enjoy a cigar absolutely all right thanks mike cheers cheers awesome